You're listening to SuperPod Recession Proof Your MSP, presented by SuperOps.ai, where we ask experts, analysts, and business owners what MSPs need to do now to recession proof their MSP and keep their foot on the growth pedal. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of SuperPod Recession Proof Your MSP. I'm Radhika Nair, SuperOps.ai's in house storyteller, and I am the host of this show. Today, I'm thrilled that I'm joined by Chris Blackman. She is Chief Channel Officer at Channel Strategy Leader, JS Group. Chris is a veteran channel community builder. She sits on CompTIA's Channel Development Advisory Council, is a member of Alliance of Channel Women, is the re recipient of the ACW LEAD Award, and was honored with CompTIA's Advancing Diversity in Technology Leadership Spotlight Award in 2022. She's a fierce advocate of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and she's going to talk to us on why diversity and growth go hand in hand. Welcome, Chris. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know, before, before we go into the uh, diversity and inclusion aspect of our conversation, I did want to check with you, you know, there has been a lot of talk about recession and which is why uh, you know we are doing this entire special edition um, in the first place but i wanted to understand your take on uh, recession and whether msps do need to worry about a slowdown slowdown in the economy well i mean look everybody needs to worry a little bit during a recession right but i think that msps are better positioned than a lot of other industries because they do have such close ties to their local communities, or they should. Um, and, you know, as we've seen during COVID, managed services is an essential business. You know, everyone needs IT. So I'm not saying that MSP's business model is necessarily inherently recession proof, but I do think there's a lot less to worry about in our industry than in a lot of others. Also, the point I just wanted to check that as well, you know, a lot of uh, the industries that MSPs cater to are getting affected, right? So when you talk to MSPs, are you hearing, you know, any chatter about what's the, uh, you know, current uh, outlook like? Are, um, you know, is there recent pessimism, in, at least in the short term to medium term? Or, you know, are things much more rosier? Uh, I think pessimism would be a strong word. Caution, maybe. Um, like I said, you know, businesses need IT, whether or not their businesses are growing or not. So unless your your customer actually goes out of business, um, then you're still going to be an essential service, right? So I think where the um, caution comes in is customers probably won't be refreshing as much. Um, they may be asking to renegotiate contract terms to, you know, have delayed payments, um, things like this, all things that we saw during covid and as we saw during COVID, MSPs did very well going through right. all of that. So um, I don't I don't see a lot of um, areas for concern right now. Just caution. Got it. Caution, and I think that's that's um, you know that's a sensible point there. And I also wanted to understand you know compared to normal times or what you know what we can say is normal. Uh, compared to normal times. What is normal? Yeah, it hasn't exactly. been normal like, you know, for the years. Last two, three years. You know, if you look <laughs> at it, what is really normal? I was just thinking, you know, if 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 this isn't normal, was COVID normal? And even, even before that, 
these cycles always happen but yeah but do msps need to do anything different now what what's your opinion well i mean there are always things that you need to do during a time of economic downturn really not just even to survive the downturn itself but to make sure that you're set up for long term growth coming out of it Opportunities like this um, or situations like this can actually be an opportunity, right? It's an opportunity for MSPs to really dial back in, sit down, take a look at the books, take a look at the forecast, take a look at the budgets, really get disciplined about spending, really start expanding ways of thinking about diversifying revenue streams and you know maximizing operational efficiencies how can they really get their business buttoned up so that when they come out of this recession or downturn or whatever you want to call it they'll be in an even stronger position to grow into the long term right and discipline that's something that's you know important at all times but more so right now and i also wanted to understand you know coming coming to uh, the point of the entire episode itself right you know we we keep talking about diversity but you know do you think it still continues to be a be a challenge for uh, the industry is that still um, something of a big challenge diversity yes Yes, <laughs> diversity is a big challenge in our industry. Um throughout the tech industry really. It is mm. um, it's you know a traditionally white male um industry and managed services in the channel probably even more so, right? So I think we have to be very intentional about um trying to create a more diverse market and more diverse organizations. Um, and there's, you know, there are, are real reasons why you should do this. Um, you know, we we tend to, as small businesses, which most MSPs are, um, we tend to hire within our networks. Mm -hmm. And so that means that we tend to hire people who look and think and talk just like we do, right? Mm. Um, so if we're not deliberately putting ourselves out there to get in front of different communities, then what happens is that we just wind up creating this kind of, you know, echo chamber of an organization where thoughts can get a little stale, um, you know, new ways of thinking are shut down pretty quickly, um, the juices just aren't flowing. And then, of course, you're not connecting with, you know, different key segments of the community, right? People like to do business with people who they relate to. So, if you have a workforce that is predominantly white men, then, you know, you're trying to land an account run by a woman of color, you might have an issue there, right? Yeah. Yes. So, yes. See, is there also a supply side issue? Are we not seeing enough women and other minorities getting into the feed? Is that also a concern? Well, it is, um, and especially in the channel, right? Like people just tend to kind of fall into the channel. You don't like major in channel in college. Mm. Mm. And so the pipeline coming into channel has always been a little bit murky. And that's why um, you a lot of times you'll see that it's that same like white male dominated workforce in the channel, to your point, because people are tapping their networks, people hear about the channel from people that they talk to. And so it becomes, again, kind of like that echo chamber, right? But we are right. starting to see organizations 
um, really kind of doubling down on trying to tackle that secession planning piece, getting more diverse talent into the tech industry, getting more diverse talent into the channel. Um, but it it's not, um, you know, we haven't won that fight for sure. Um, so we have to be very intentional about making sure that we are part of, of that changing dynamic, right? That we're not just letting it happen on its own, that we're actually working together to create an industry that is rich and diverse and filled with new ideas and ways of thinking and, you know, bringing in all kinds of different communities and weaving it together into one industry that is just, you know, so much stronger, Yes. And I wanted you to, you know, speak a little bit more about that point you were making, right? Like, you know, a lot of people can say, uh, a lot of MSPs can say that, you know, we're doing really well, right? Why, if, if things are working, then why should I be worried about, you know, not uh, enough diversity? But we have seen in other industries, for instance, right, when uh, there is a much more diverse workforce, growth has significantly gone up. So I wanted you to double down upon that point you were making about how, you know, why why is it important to have that diversity? Yeah. So, I mean, look, diversity, DEI, when it's properly implemented into an organization, there are several different ways that it can benefit that, that business, right? So first of all, it brings in diversity brings in a much wider range of perspectives, a wider range of experiences, a wider range of skills. And all of this leads to more creativity, innovation, problem solving, decision making. So now, you know, when you've got all these juices flowing, now you're looking at new products, new services, new processes that better meet the needs of your diverse customers and your diverse communities, right? So it's an opportunity to do more than just do fine. You know, if an MSP is out there saying it ain't broke, why am I going to fix it? Well, you know, why wouldn't you want to improve your organization and grow your market share through every way that you can? Um, it, it's also, you know, it just creates a positive work environment that attracts and retains that top talent, especially when we're talking about young talent, you know, millennials and Gen Z, um, these workers really are looking for an organization that is committed to equity. Um, they want to work in an organization that stands for something, right? They want to make sure they feel valued and included. And that's going to mean they're engaged, they're productive, they're committed to the organization. So at that point, you're talking increased employee satisfaction and lower employee churn and improved performance. And this all leads to increased profitability and growth too, right? Right, right. Got that. And um, I also wanted to understand, you know, what what do you think MSPs can do, organizations can do, or the industry can do to improve this, um, you know, the, the scenario right now to improve diversity within the industry, within the workforce? Well, it starts with your own organization, of course. So again, you have to be very intentional about it. 
Um, and that means when you have an opening or you see a need within your organization, post it on, you know, different job boards that are targeted to, um, I don't know, veterans or people of color or different community sites. Um, it means going to um, colleges and trying to talk to the talent pool there to see if you can find um see if you can find some good diverse talent to bring into your organization. You know, it's not, it's not just like flipping a switch, right? Like you do have to be intentional about it, but the payoff is um, significant. And then in terms of the industry, I sit on the board of an organization called Exposure Inclusion and Diversity Council. And one of the mandates that we have as an organization is this commitment to succession planning, to getting um, new diverse young talent into the channel, fostering them and helping them as they grow into positions of leadership. And organizations like that, organizations like Girls Who Code, you know, there are there are organizations out here that are really dedicated towards bringing that new diverse talent into the channel and helping them grow. And you see, um, you know, business resource groups, employee resource groups. Um, we've really the the term DEI has a much higher profile in the channel these days than it did even just five years ago. So there are networks of people who help support one another. There are networks of people now that you can reach out to, you know, hey, I'm I'm looking for, you know, a level one tech and I, you know, like to have a diverse hire in my um, in my organization. There are people in your network that can help you with that. So if you don't run in those circles where, you know, it's it's natural to find those employees, reach out to your network. Someone in there, someone in your network does. Right. Yes. Um, expanding your network itself. That that and and being intentional about it, right? And and I'm really glad to hear you say that, you know, things are improving and there is much more openness compared to even five years ago. And but I also wanted to understand because you, you know, in the larger uh, you know, in the wider uh, job market or in the larger other industries or within the larger tech space itself right sometimes you do see a backlash um you know there is a lot of uh, in a sense the pendulum is swinging the other end extreme right there's a lot of backlash against all the talk of diversity and equity there is a lot of uh, you know concern about you know there's too much wokeism happening and all of that there's a lot of confusion there as well right so i wanted to um understand that too you know, there is this, um, there is this token diversity that also happens, right, just for the sake of showing that you are diverse. And that that just uh, defeats the purpose of the whole thing, right. So I wanted, I wanted to hear your opinion about that, too. Is this something that is of concern to you? Or is it, you know, is it just chatter? Is it just noise that that is creating too much waves? You know, the token diversity hire is a concern for sure. Um, you can't just check that box. You have to have an organization that is committed to that ideal because you don't want to bring in a you know top talent who all of a sudden comes into your organization because you thought that you stood for diversity and feels alienated and um, you know disheartened and not like part of the team, right? That's completely counterproductive. That's not going to do you any good. 
Um, it's got to really be a commitment within the organization to that ideal. And as far as backlash from the industry goes, you're always going to hear that. Yes, I have heard it a million times. Why do we still have to have this conversation about diversity? We, every single conference, there's got to be a talk about diversity. Every time I turn around, there's an organization popping up for diversity. There's always going to be people who talk like that, right? Um a lot of people don't want the status quo to change. And why would they? <laughs> They've been yeah. doing just fine in the current power structure. For yeah, it's comfortable. You know, you know, they have no incentive to change things. So, um, you know, you're always going to hear that. But I think by and large, the industry, um, the channel these days really is embracing DEI. I have a lot of wonderful conversations with businesses, big and small, with partners, with vendors, with distributors. And there's just a um, focus on making it, making a commitment to DEI an integral part of an organization's DNA than I've ever seen before these days. And it's really heartening to see. Um, so yeah, you're always going to have those naysayers. You're always going to have people who just try to phone it in. But I really do get the feeling that there's a great deal of sincerity in this industry whenever it comes to DEI. Look, this is an industry of good people. There's a reason why I'm in the mm. channel, right? Yes. <laughs> it's an industry of good-hearted people. And so I don't think there's a um, a large percentage of this industry that is just digging their heels in and saying, nope, not me. Yeah. And and sometimes I do get the sense that, you know, it's not about, uh, you know, not wanting to do it, but it's about getting out of the comfort zone and, you know, knowing where to start, right? I think that's that's a bigger challenge for some of the MSPs rather than, you know, not wanting to do this. Oh, for sure. I mean, just like anything that you do that's new, right? Like, um, it's a skill you have to learn. It's something, again, you have to build into the DNA of your business. So, I mean, look, it all, it all starts with setting that goal. Just mm. set measurable and achievable diversity goals that align with your organization's mission and values right? Just sit down and set that goal. It'll help you stay on track. It'll help you ensure that you're making progress. Um, and then once you have that goal, then you can sit down and make your plan, right? Identify your areas for improvement, areas in your organization that could, could benefit from greater diversity, right? Recruiting, hiring, training, promotions, leadership, whatever the case may be. Take a look at your job descriptions. Make sure that mm. they are inclusive and attract a diverse pool of candidates, right? Use that gender neutral language. Avoid words that might unintentionally discourage diverse applicants. Run it past someone in your network if you're not sure, right? Ask a friend to take a look at it and see what they think. Um, take a look at your recruitment processes. So make sure that it's inclusive, that it attracts a diverse pool of candidates, um, there are a lot of organizations out there like Exposure that support diversity and inclusion. So if you need help there, just reach out to one of those organizations. I guarantee you they will be more than happy to help you find a diverse candidate, right? Yes. And yes. Then it's really important too, and I don't think we talk about this enough, that we remove bias from that selection process, right? Mm. So things like 
um, blind resume screening and, you know, applications and application process that takes away that identifying information like names and gender and race. And that really helps you reduce that bias in the selection process. Because a lot of times, look, we're not, we're not saying that you're racist, right? Mm. But people gravitate towards people like them. And so a lot of times we have this inherent bias towards people like ourselves, right? So we can walk away from an application or from a conversation, um, you know, having a, a higher or a lower opinion of somebody just because they do or do not remind us of ourselves, you know? So trying to take that bias away from the selection process as much as possible is really crucial. Right. And it's interesting that you're making that point, um, you know, because inherent biases, the subconscious biases, right. And all of us have that. It's not just, uh, you know, right. just a particular group that has it, but everyone and all of us could uh, do well to acknowledge it. And I, I'm really glad you've given some really good practical tips there, which, are really useful. I also was wondering, as you were talking, you know, are there any any uh, examples that come to your mind of organizations who have done this well? And you know, if there's any uh, learnings from those that you could share, especially from from the organization that you're working with, right? Uh, you know, are there examples that you have seen where they have been able to implement some programs or uh, you know ensure that. Um, ensure that there is better inclusion and that real inclusion that, like you mentioned, not just token inclusion. Yeah, yeah, there's a ton of them. Um, Five Nine is a great example. That's where Kelly McMillan, who's the founder of Exposure, um, is a member of Five Nine's organization. And mm -hmm. they have taken great strides. They've set up employee resource groups. They have a whole diversity program. They carve out a certain uh, segment of their annual budget every year to go towards diversity initiatives. Um, Zoom does an incredible job at this. They have employee resource groups for every group under the sun, right? Mm. They have a pride group. They have a woman of color group. They have a Latinx group. Um, so, you know, kind of no matter where you fall, you can find your people within Zoom, if that makes sense. Um, even down to partners, you know, Dave Dyson over at Eclipse Telecom is so committed to DEI within his organization. I don't even know Dave has any white men working for him. <laughs> he is uh, he is really committed to it and feels very passionately about it and has been incredibly successful because of it. So yeah, there are a ton of examples that come to mind of organizations that are doing this right. Mm -hmm. And any particular, like you mentioned, you know, uh, you, you did mention uh, quite a few uh, practical tips, like, you know, ensuring gender ne neutral language in your job description and, um, for instance, going to local colleges or using organizations um, that uh, help foster that inclusion. But anything, any from these examples that you mentioned, right, any specific uh, program or any specific initiative that comes to your mind, which really, you know, made that difference, which really moved that needle. Um, within these organizations, within these organizations, yes, mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, I think that ACW has done a really great job at that networking piece for women. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
it is an incredibly supportive network of women um, that really do look out for each other and really do pass around, hey, I hear so-and-so is hiring, or you know, I hear you're looking for a head of marketing. I know a woman who, you know what I mean? Like, so it's not like a formal job board or anything like that, but it is a solid network of women who um, really do help fill those roles and help, you know, help advocate for other women within that network. Um, And that's been super, super um, impressive to me to watch, you know, since I've been involved with that organization over the last several years. Um, So I think that's probably one that I would hold up really, you know, in the channel channel is a relationship business. And no matter Mm. where you sit in the channel, it's a relationship business. We are super dedicated to our networks. We're really good at networking. We're really good at forming those relationships. You know, the channel all in all is a pretty small industry. Um, It feels like everybody knows everybody else, right? So, um, you know, just being able to leverage that network in itself is really, really powerful. And I also, you know, wanted to understand, you know, what what would you say to women and minorities who are looking to enter the industry? What what would your, um, you know, advice to them be? Uh, first of all, to get involved in a peer group or an organization. If you're a woman, join ACW. Um, if you're a person of color, join, you know, Exposure. Um, it really helps you kind of plug in to people who understand that you might feel a little bit like a fish out of water, you know? Um, but then the other thing I would say is come on in, the water's fine. <laughs> like <laughs> This industry is very welcoming, right? I think the, yes. I think there's, there's kind of two hiccups there, right? The first one is that a lot of people think tech, I can't work in tech. I'm not smart enough to work in tech, you know, like, mm. and it's like yeah, marketing is marketing, no matter what industry you're in, right? Like you can learn how to talk about cybersecurity, trust me. Um, and then the second thing is even when you do get into tech, people just don't know about the channel, right? They just don't know about it. And um, so it takes a while for this industry to really kind of hit people's radar and, for that reason, the channel, like the population, the demographic skews a little bit older um, in this industry than it does in the tech world as a whole, because, you know, it just takes people a while to figure out, you know, that we're here. To um, make their way through the maze, yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so that's really kind of the two big hurdles I see to getting new talent within this industry, within the channel. Um, a lot of people think that they, you know, can't do tech. And then once they've convinced themselves they can do tech, then they have to find the channel. So it's really up to us to get out there and, and you know, make sure that we are showing up and that people um, understand that we're here. And this industry is growing by leaps and bounds. And I don't imagine we'll be the unsung heroes for very much longer. You see a lot of private equity money coming into this industry now. It's really exploding. Um, you know, the industry's consolidating. It's growing up. It's becoming more sophisticated. It's becoming more well-known. People are paying attention to it. And so I think that you're going to see kind of a critical mass, um, you know, get that velocity of younger talent coming into the industry um, and more diverse talent coming into the industry in the future than we have in the past. 
right right and 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 yes that uh, you know that's a really hopeful uh, note to uh, you know to leave us with and i and i think what you mentioned that i completely agree with that you know it's a very warm group of people it's a very welcoming community and it's such a close knit uh, community as well and it's and like you mentioned a bit earlier it's all about relationships right and this is one industry which really thrives um on relationships and people and that that is something that will be um really heartening for a lot of uh, women and other minorities to hear it's it's a really good space to be in it really is i love the channel i have never felt anything but welcomed here uh, anything else chris that you would like to add anything else that we have uh, not touched upon um i would just say come over and check out exposure uh, we're doing some really cool stuff this year. We're starting a mentorship program. Um, we're partnering with an organization called ChannelWise to help get our mentorship initiative off the ground. Um, so that should be launching later this year. We're also working on what you and I just talked about, putting together programs where we can go out into the community, out to local universities and high schools, and make uh, students aware that the channel is here um, and try to you know, kind of get that conversation going with them a little bit earlier so that they can hit the ground running when they graduate and come joining join us immediately. So check out Exposure, Inclusion and Diversity Council. We're doing some fun stuff this year. Yeah, that's really exciting to hear. I know, and, and, and I'm really glad that there's so much activity happening um, and really looking forward to hear more about what uh, Exposure is up to and, you know, all the other programs. So really, um, you know, looking forward to hear more about it. I guess to just uh, sum up quickly, you know, from for for MSPs who are listening, just uh, you know, break out of your comfort zone a little bit if you are considering, you know, how, or if you're wondering what, how, how do I get more diversity in my team? Just uh, you know, get out of your comfort zone a bit, widen your network, and for women and minorities who are considering tech or who are, you know, looking at what uh, career opportunity, this is a great great space. Uh, do check uh, exposure out and uh, do try this space. This is a really welcoming community. I don't think anyone will regret getting into this space. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you so much for uh, that really great conversation. I'm really glad you have been a part of this episode. Oh, it was my pleasure. It's always great to talk to you, Arika. Thank you. Thank you.